Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Uh, let's do a little check-in related to coronavirus. So we're going on week or month. I don't even know. That's part of the problem, right? We're kind of just losing track of time. Every day kind of melts into the next. So we don't even really know what day it is, um, but that's where we're at. In terms of uh, sheltering in place and things opening back up again, I'm not sure how it is for you, where you're located. Uh, for us here in California, I think things are moving a little bit slower than they are in other places. I think Wisconsin uh, the other day voted against the sheltering in place order and literally just opened everything back up at one time. Uh, we're definitely moving slower than that. We're, we're piece by piece opening up specific uh, companies, specific services, uh, one at a time and, and really taking it slow. So that's where we're at. Um, and it's it's hard, right? It's uh, There's the good and there's the bad. Uh, the good, obviously, is we've got to spend a lot of time together as family, eating together, playing games together, watching movies, going on walks. All of those things are great. Uh, but living in your house, locked in your house for days and weeks and months on end, also has that negative side effect um, that we talked about earlier. And it's just not fun. You just want to get out and do the normal things that you're used to doing. But that's life right now. That's what we're, we're, we're dealing with. So that's our check-in. Let's move into a minute of transparency. So I was thinking the other day, now that we've kind of jumped away from the transcend human heavy stuff and moved into the controversy theory stuff. Uh, I, I know that things have probably gotten a little more uh, spiritual or religious in nature. And it, it made me think of the, uh, the movie The Dark Knight where Joker, played by Heath Ledger, in, in one of the scenes he says, Why so serious? And it got me thinking, Why so spiritual? Right? And I got to thinking that it, it did take a pretty big turn. You know, for, for a while we were talking about things that were pretty light, pretty, pretty surfacey. Um, you know, I, Transcend Human really sought to be a, a helpful podcast that, that can answer questions like, hey, how can I be a better person? Uh, or why is it so hard to be the best version of myself at times? Uh, and what is the best version of myself anyway? Uh, now, obviously, Transcend Human didn't hide the fact that it is based on Christian principles. Uh, in fact, if you look at the uh, Transcend Human Believes page on the website, uh, you'll see that you know the entire premise comes from a belief that there is a God, that there is an evil force called Satan, and that there is this battle that we're all caught up in here on Earth. 
However, the farther I got into Transcend Human, the more I realized that, you know, the core of the core of everything I was going to talk about uh, really took root in in the principles outlined outlined in controversy theory. So that's why we did the sudden shift in content, and I realized, you know, it just made sense to walk through controversy theory first to kind of help flesh out the basics, and then, you know, once we had that solid background or foundation. Uh, then we could jump back into Transcend Human, and, and some of those more practical uh, real-life principles would probably make more sense. But why Christianity, you ask? Uh, you're so limited when you jump into that box, and what if you're wrong? Well, this is one of the main questions that uh, Christians are asked, right? Not And not just Christians, but people who believe there's a God, people who believe a kind of in a spiritual path or a religious set of principles, uh, and, and people who choose to live by those. And so here's, here's one of my favorite illustrations and how I like to explain it uh, to people. So if you were a physician or going through medical school, um, you, you take an oath called the Hippocratic Oath. And one of the main concepts presented in the oath is this idea of first do no harm. And a great example can be seen like in just in a real life scenario here these days. You know, during the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, um, a big issue is lack of information, right? We don't know what works on the virus and we don't know how to cure people from the virus. So let's say that there was a drug available, one that wasn't, wasn't even created for COVID-19. You know, maybe it was... Um, designed for something completely different, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. So it hasn't even been proven effective on COVID-19 yet. And let's say in this scenario that a doctor, um, you know, pulled out that drug and was like, huh, you know, I wonder if this might have an impact on COVID-19. I mean, if you're right, great, right? Uh, If you're wrong, you're wrong. But there's a key element in this, right? There's a key element that the doctor would be processing, and that's this element of first do no harm. So the doctor would probably try the drug as long as it did no harm. Because the doctor would know that there's two outcomes that can happen if he if he used this drug on, on someone. One, if it does not work and it doesn't harm them, then no harm, no foul. But if it does work, you potentially could have just saved a life. And this is exactly how I kind of view Christianity or our belief in God uh, in a world where it's not a popular thing necessarily. Uh, we, we live in a world infected with a sin virus. We've talked about that a lot. It's really the ultimate pandemic when you think about it uh, with, with how insidious it is and how you know, it's infiltrated every single person in the entire world. Uh, and, and we have a drug that goes by many names. It goes by God. It goes by Christianity. It goes by spirituality. It goes by faith. And we know that this drug does no harm to a person. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of harm has been done in the name of God and in the name of Christianity, for that matter. But I'm not talking about groups of individuals using their beliefs as weapons against others. Uh, There's obviously been some very seriously wrong things that have happened uh, in history because of uh, zealots, right? 
people who go above and beyond for their faith, uh, but but it obviously comes from a, a misunderstanding, a misreading of the Bible or the beliefs that they have. Or potentially, maybe they never even read those beliefs to begin with. They just were more about the the power and the control than they really were about their beliefs in the first place. Now, I'm talking about individuals using it as a drug personally in their own life. So when you think about it in this way, what is the harm, right? Is it harmful to believe in something that promotes love? Is it harmful to believe in something that teaches you to put others before yourself? Is it harmful to believe in something that pushes you to make eternal decisions over temporal decisions? Uh, and is it is it harmful to believe in something that encourages you to contribute versus consume in the world? And the list goes on and on. The truth is, in this scenario, there are only two outcomes. If we're wrong and God doesn't exist, or our belief structure that we have completely uh, is a waste of time, then no harm, no foul. And there's even a positive side effect, right? We, we left the world in a slightly better place for our kids. But if we aren't wrong, we just might save a whole bunch of people in the process. And that's kind of the way I look at Christianity. I've always kind of looked at it that way, that uh, it's, it's kind of the lesser of two evils, right? Um, if, if there's a, a choice to believe in something that is going to do good in the world, and it turns out that it's not right, that at the end of the day, that's a better solution than choosing not to believe um, and having the end, of, end result be that you've left the world a worse place and potentially that you've lost, lost your chance at eternity. All right, well, let's move into um, the content for today. So over the past few episodes, we've discussed where controversy theory came from, what the controversy is, uh, and the fact that one exists. We talked about absolute and essential truth. We talked about participation in the controversy being uh, both voluntary and involuntary. And we talked about how important our vote is uh, in the eternal election. So today we're going to talk about three questions that each and every one of us has to answer uh, in order to stand on a firm foundation when dealing with this controversy concept. So today's basic assumption is the big three questions. Question number one, where did we come from? Which is a question of origin. Uh, number two, where, why are we here? Which is a question of purpose. And number three, where are we going? Which is a question of destiny or destination. Okay, so question number one, where did we come from? Again, this is a question of origin, and it is a loaded question. Uh, you know, typically answered by your religious or spiritual upbringing. So here are a few examples. Uh, if you are Christian, Jewish, or Islamic, uh, you tend to believe in the creation account that uh, we find in the book of Genesis in the Bible. Uh, if you are Hindu, you know, the, the current belief is that the gods Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva are involved in a process of creating and destroying the earth. Uh, if you have Japanese heritage, you might believe in, in the multiple gods and a, a story about the siblings Izanagi and Izanami, uh, who had a hand in creating the first island. Uh, if you're Chinese, there are stories about a cosmic egg which contained the forces of yin and yang and produced the first being. Uh, Aztecs believe that the earth um, 
Earth Mother was Cotillacue, uh, I believe is how you pronounce it, Cotillacue. Uh, Egyptians talk about uh, a being named Atum uh, who willed himself into existence and created Shu and Tefnut, uh, which kind of kick things off. And if you have no religious or spiritual background, um, evolution tends to be the explanation of choice. Uh, but of course, you know, evolution isn't just for atheists. It's also been incorporated into our culture through the public school system. And so, you know, to this day, there are even Christians who are, um, who have kind of a mixed view of, of their origin and they, you know, they believe in God and they believe in some level of creation, but then they also have this evolution component that they've grown up with and, and they really have to struggle to figure that out and make those two coexist, right? Now, we don't have time to debate each of these origin stories, and definitely we don't have time to debate the creation versus evolution uh, issue. Um, but what is important for us to understand is this. What you believe about your origin will have a huge impact on the way you look at yourself and the choices you make throughout your life. One more time. What you believe about your origin will have a huge impact on the way you look at yourself and the choices you make throughout your life. Obviously, controversy theory believes in the Christian view of, edu of uh, creation, not education. Uh, probably that too. Um, but the Christian view of creation. Uh, so that will be our frame of reference uh, for this section of the, the episode. Uh, controversy theory suggests that understanding the existence of God and that he created us has the following impact on us. First, it helps us understand our intrinsic worth and value. So think about it. We were created in the image of an extremely powerful being, right? So God is said to have three elements or three components. He is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. So let's walk through those three words just to kind of understand this level of, of being that he is. So omniscient uh, means having complete or unlimited knowledge, awareness, or understanding, being able to perceive all things at all times. Next, omnipresent is present everywhere at the same time. And omnipotent is almighty or having infinite power. So when you put all three of those together, I mean, obviously you're dealing with the ultimate superhero, right? A, a being that, that knows everything is everywhere at the same time and has unlimited power. So when you think about it, because of this, it, it doesn't really appear that we were an afterthought, right? In fact, it suggests that we were on some level his crowning achievement. If, if we were beings created to be like him, created in his image and enjoy an amazing world which he created just for us uh, you know how how on earth can your value and worth get lost along the way right how how have we gotten to a place where we can consider ourselves less than or not worthy now obviously when we when we chose Satan in the Garden of Eden that changed everything, right? The, the sin virus was allowed in, and it has had a very powerful effect on our worth and value. First, it tainted us as individuals, right? We're no longer perfect. We're no longer pure. Uh, we no longer are able to walk and talk with our creator. And because of this, it's, it's really hard to see our value and worth. 
Uh, It's hard to understand how God can look at us as his kids in the same way that, that we love our kids. And second, it tainted the way we view others. So instead of viewing people as created beings just like us, you know, we've introduced hierarchical concepts like class and status into society, uh, you know, suggesting that some people are actually better than others, suggesting that those who have more than others may actually be better, and beginning to separate separate people out into groups based on color, language, affinity, or belief systems. Ultimately, that this just sets up more division and eventually hatred, war, slavery, uh, and violence that, that happens between us. So is God okay with this new behavior? I mean, does he look down and say, well, kids will be kids. You know, there's not much I can do about it. They just need to get it out of their systems. No, of course not. Would you do this as a parent? Would you allow this to happen in your own home? Would you let your kids set up a hierarchy, fight for supremacy, and you know, do horrible things to the youngest because he or she can't stand up for him or herself? Of course not, and God is no different. So he sent his son, Jesus, down to earth to do two things. First, to save us and to make a way for us to get rid of the sin virus altogether. But second, he came to remind us of our intrinsic worth and value. So Jesus spent his entire teaching life doing this, but more importantly, he lived his whole life showing us that the following things were true. That gender is not an excuse for inequality. God views men and women as equal. Knowledge is not an excuse for inequality. You know, God views the smartest and most religious people as equal to the simplest people on earth. Wealth is not an excuse for inequality. Uh, God views us as equal no matter what we have or what our earning potential is. And differences are not an excuse for inequality. God views us as equal no matter what color our skin, gender we identify with, where we live, how we dress, etc. Jesus spent his entire time on earth showing this to be true by spending time with all varieties of people, treating them the same, offering them the same thing, a life free from the sin virus. Number two, it suggests that our thinking and our behaving matter. So in many origin stories, you know, humans weren't created by a loving God who wanted them to, who wanted what was best for them or wanted them to do the right thing in situations. In many cases, we were an afterthought or in some way a side effect of some other event. Uh, So in, in these other scenarios, there's nothing to suggest how we should think or behave. So in those situations, what's the smartest thing to do, right? Survival of the fittest survive, be smarter, learn more, outlive others. But the creation story suggests something more. If we were truly created by a loving, creative, and social being, um, then we should probably be loving, creative, and social beings as well. And in order to do that, there must be a set of morals or values, right? There's, there's got to be something that we're, we're living up to, uh, to, get, to help get us there. And controversy theory suggests this is true, that if we believe this is our origin story, that we would understand the following, that if God created us, he would know what's best for us, and he would probably have something to say about our thinking and our behaving. So let's illustrate this with a, a car scenario, right? So, so let's say Ferrari produces a brand new car. Let's say, let's say the uh, Ferrari Portofino starting around 215 grand, just saying. Uh, 
you know, now who knows this car the best? Who knows what it can do? Who knows what fuel is best for performance? Uh, who knows what not to do to the car? And who knows how to fix it if it stops working correctly? Ferrari, of course, right? The, the people who created the car. It's not the car who knows best. It's not the car owner who knows best. No, it's the creator of the car who knows best. Pretty powerful, right? When, when you think that the creation story helps us to understand that there is somebody who understands everything about us. Just like Ferrari understands the Portofino, so too God knows everything about us. And he understands that if we are willing to tap into that knowledge, then our lives could be 100% better than they are. Okay, question number two, why are we here? This is a question about purpose, right? We just learned how important it is for us to understand where we came from uh, and that it will impact how we view ourselves, how we view others, and how we think and behave. Um, But let's take it to the next level. So when we start asking the question, why are we here? Uh, it, It kind of stems right out of that first question, right? Once, once we answer the question where we came from, we jump right into the fact that, oh, that must mean that we're here for a reason. Um, and so I want to put forth, um, a few reasons here, why we are here. Number one, to understand your situation. So this is kind of the first step, right? Some of us grew up Christian. Some of us grew up with, with this understanding about God and about Satan and others didn't. So I would say step one for anybody is just to make sure that this is under your belt, right? Is to, to have an understanding about the human condition and, and what we, what this world is that we live in. So this concept about God, about Satan, about the controversy, uh, about the sin virus entering in, um, through the, the vote that Adam and Eve had cast in the Garden of Eden, and that ultimately we have the freedom of choice, and that freedom of choice gives us the ability to transcend human. So that's number one, understanding your situation. Number two, getting things straight with your creator. This is probably the single most important decision that each of us can make in our life, right? This, this choice in the controversy, this vote in the eternal election, uh, you know, it becomes that pivotal moment in your life where once you have that understanding about the human condition and, and you can kind of look back and you can see, uh, you know, you can see how things played out in heaven and now on earth, you, and you realize the importance of that, then, then you're able to cast your vote. And so that's number two, get things straight with your creator. Number three is live your best life. Now I'm not talking the living my best life uh, stuff that you see on social media, right? The images and the posts where, you know, people are laying in front of a fireplace, reading a book and holding a glass of wine and they hashtag it living my best life. Or, you know, the, the person sitting on a Ferrari Portofino at a dealership and pretending like they own it. You know, that's all good stuff. It's all fun, fun and games. Uh, but that's not what I'm referring to uh, when I talk about living your best life. What we're really talking about is transcending human, which includes things like, uh, you know, thinking eternal versus temporal thoughts, right? Focusing on the long game versus just worldly distractions that are, are hit or miss in our life from day to day. Uh, becoming a contributor versus a consumer, 
So using your talents and your skills, your uniquely gifted self uh, to give back to the world, uh, becoming a lifelong learner. So choosing not to stagnate, you know, always looking for something new, keeping your eyes open for the next opportunity, a new skill, a new book to read, a new book to write, perhaps uh, a new concept to understand, a new uh, hobby that you can share with a new group of people, things like that. And then tipping the scales in favor of the good. So this is an interesting concept, right? Loosely based on the idea of karma, although it doesn't have a, you know, a tit for tat ending where, you know, you do something and then you, it comes back to you in the end. Um, But just like, like I said, loosely based on karma. So it's an interesting concept that there is good and evil in the world. And it is up to us to put more good into the world. So there won't be as much room left for the bad. So while we're thinking about this, um, you know, it's a good thing to work toward. We know that ultimately evil will have its day, right? Evil will continue to grow just as it did in heaven with Lucifer. And at, uh, at the end of time, it will need to be addressed once and for all. But until then, keep doing good. Keep putting good into the world and try to push that evil back as much as we can. Next, find your shape and use it. And shape is in all capital letters. So this concept of the shape uh, was offered up by uh, Rick Warren in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. I think it's used in probably thousands and thousands of churches today. You know, it basically walks people through um, either the book or like an actual exercise, an inventory, if you will, um, to figure these elements out for every person. So, So shape is basically spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences, right? So if you were to be sitting in this this group or this class with these people, you know, and, and walking through this, you would you would walk through questions that asked you, you know, what what are the things that you're spiritually gifted to, to do? What is your heart beat for? Uh, what are some natural abilities that you just have, you know, from birth? Uh, what kind of a personality do you have? You know, are you outgoing? Are you an introvert? Um, things like that. And then what experiences have you gone through in your life and how do those impact the person you are today and then the type of person that you can be with other people. So this is just one of many exercises you could walk through, you know, to learn more about yourself. Uh, Personality inventories are all the rage these days. Um, I'm sure you've heard about the Enneagram. Uh, It's a big one. Um, Strengths Finder, the Disc Assessment, Insights, Myers-Briggs, you know, just... They're all a dime a dozen. Uh, but the important thing to understand here is that you're learning more about yourself, right? You're, you're basically digging in deeper and, and trying to figure out what makes you tick. And once you do, you can focus on the things that you are uniquely shaped to do. You can make use of your strengths and do something great with them. All right, and then the last one is pay it forward. So now that we've voted in the eternal election, Right? We, can, we can tuck that away in a little box in the attic and, and we can go back to living our life, right? Wrong, wrong, wrong. So the Bible is very clear on this. Uh, we are not to hide our faith. We are to share it, right? You know, the, the whole vote in the eternal election thing, you can, lo- you can look at that as kind of a momentary thing, a one-time thing where you, you finally got to that place in your life where you're, you've decided, I'm going to choose God in the, in the controversy. But the, the worst thing that you can do 
is to take all of that, all that comes with that, all of the feelings, all of the, the desires, all of the new ideas, and, and put it into a box and put it on a shelf, and then just go back to living your life the way you lived it. The truth is, somebody who has a, a uh, genuine and honest experience with God will never be the same again. It'll change your life, and it'll give you a whole new outlook. And so that's the outlook that we're talking about when we say pay it forward, is using that new outlook on life um, in order to change the world around you. So the Bible refers to, you know, there's there, there's lots of information in the Bible about how to live your life. Um, but there's this little thing in, uh, I believe it's Matthew. Uh, yeah, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. There's this thing called the Great Commission, right? It's, it's kind of Jesus's final words on earth. And he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So to summarize all of that, uh, basically share your faith. Now, obviously, sharing your faith comes in many different shapes and sizes, so don't let somebody tell you that the only way to share your faith is to become a missionary and go to some jungle tribe in the Amazon. Again, back to the whole shape thing, we are each shaped differently, so sharing our faith will come out in many different ways. Obviously, there are missionaries, we've covered that. Uh, There are pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, writers, podcasters, bloggers, uh, TV and movie producers, individual relationships, parents teaching their children, all ways to share your faith, right? The important thing is not to hide it. Always be ready to give an explanation as to why you believe what you do and how, how it impacted your life. All right, number three, where are we going? So the final question here is really related to our destiny or our destination. And this is huge for so many people. You know, we all understand that death is inevitable, uh, that in terms of impact, it's hovering right around 100%, which means nobody gets away with not dying. And because of this, you know, people do some interesting things to deal with that absolute truth. Some research and study and try to prove, uh, you know, what happens when you die. Others choose to look the other way and just pretend it doesn't even exist. Uh, Some people live in fear, you know, that death is always coming for them. Some people live angrily and, you know, put, put others in danger with their reckless behavior because they just don't even care. Some self medicate with drugs or alcohol. Um, Some legitimately medicate by getting their doctor to prescribe them uh, drugs. And then there are those who just don't seem phased by it, right? So how does that last group work, right? How does that last group cope? How is it that they can live life uh, without constantly worrying about aging and about the certainty of death? Well, controversy theory would suggest that it's due to an understanding of where they are going, right? It's this understanding that first, death doesn't have to be the end. So, you know, Satan wants nothing more than to confuse us about this, right? At the beginning, he lied to Eve about the fruit uh, from the tree, saying, you will not surely die. And while it was true right then and there, when she ate the fruit, she didn't die immediately. It was a horrible lie because the sin virus ensured that she would eventually die. It was something that she didn't understand But the minute she ate the fruit, her eyes were opened and she realized her mistake. Uh, Another approach uh, is 
is to lie and convince people that there is no God, right? So Satan uses this as well. Um, if he can convince people that there is no God and that death is the end and that there's nothing beyond death, then that makes this life the main focus, right? So do everything, try everything, experience everything, focus on the temporal, uh, make temporary happiness the ultimate goal. After all, you only go around once, so make sure you get what you deserve, uh, everything related to that train of, train of thought. But if we understand that death doesn't have to be the end, it opens up a whole new line of thought, right? Think of the possibilities uh, that exist if that's true. Instead of living for the here and now, we can live for the then and there. Uh, we're able to view life on earth in the following way, as a blessing, a gift that we've been given, a beautiful world with amazing things to experience, uh, a life that will offer happiness from time to time, a life that will include pain and suffering, but only temporarily, a life where we have the privilege of voting in the eternal election and encouraging others as they think through their decisions. And finally, it also suggests that it's important to transcend human and to wrestle with our own humanity. So we were made for so much more than just the human nature that we were born with. There's something deep inside of us, hidden away due to the sin virus, uh, some little remnant of heaven living in the deep recesses of our mind. Something that if available, or something that is available to each of us, right? We just need to do some digging in order to find it. But once we find it, we can use it to rise above the human condition. All right, let's land the plane for this episode. So this week, uh, I want you to ask yourself the big three questions, obviously. Uh, what do you believe about where you came from? Do you truly understand your purpose in life? And are you confident about your future after death? So controversy theory suggests that this is foundational in our spiritual growth, and that until we truly wrestle with the answers to these questions, uh, we will struggle with many other things in life. Uh, we may not even know why we're struggling, but there's a good chance that if we are struggling, one or all of these questions have been left unanswered or ignored. Next week, uh, we're going to dive a bit deeper into our, our purpose um, by talking through an interesting topic uh, that I don't think we've really touched on before, you know, even in our Transcend Human episodes. Um, but the fourth basic assumption is to be human is to worship. So looking forward to diving into that next week. Uh, again, uh, if you'd like to share this uh, podcast with a friend or family member, that would be awesome. Uh, you can do so on social media. Uh, the other helpful thing is to give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that helps not just with friends and family, but also in boosting us and getting us found in the podcast world. So thanks again. It was a great a great episode. I'm glad you joined. And until next time, keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, there's nothing better than word of mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 
Uh, this will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.